welcome to episode 27 of Press YYZ. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Press YYZ, and we're live every Wednesday in front of a digital audience at 8 p.m., kind of, at twitch.tv slash Press YYZ. I'm your host today, Nathan McInerney, and today I'm joined by AJ Frazier. How are you doing, AJ? L is real. L is real. Okay. L is real. Interesting. Alex Ballant, the Halo kid. I'm back. You guys said I was playing Kingdom Hearts. You should be ashamed of yourselves. We Hello, did. everybody. He should be. Uh, Cozy Alex Cozina. Alex, uh, Cozy, how are you doing? The ultimate. I'm doing well. All right. And the originator of the word girth, Mitch George. I hate that so much. And ketchup belongs on mac and cheese. It doesn't. I'm oh, sure that's God. coming up later, but come on. Oh, it's sure. Hold on, coming up. Hold on a second. Are we going to leave it until later, or are we going to talk no, about we're gonna this, right, this now. right now? Yeah, let's get Ke- out of the way. Ketchup belongs on mac and cheese when it comes out of a box. If you're eating boxed mac and cheese, you have to put something on it, and that something is ketchup. <laughs> ketchup belongs oh. on all sorts of things. Ketchup does not belong on mac and cheese. Ketchup doesn't belong on anything because it's ketchup terrible. Ketchup belongs on burgers. You're it terrible. belongs on mac and cheese. It belongs on... What else do I put ketchup on? Alex, Eggs. for us to win this fight, we need to appear moderate, all right? We I need know, to say it's... ketchup belongs on certain things, but not mac and cheese. Listen, okay. If we are hardliners and say that ketchup doesn't belong on anything, nobody's going to take our side. That's fair. And ketchup First does it... belong on hot dogs. Just to be clear. Yeah, you say you want to be fries. moderate, but you put the most, the least appetizing mac and cheese... Up on the, like, the screen that right looks now. Like that that's it's it's like Easy Mac. You put put it in the microwave. Just what is up, that? That's not tweet. craft dinner. Okay, cozy. Just pu- just pull up the tweet. For I, those who don't know, we got into a heated conversation today on Twitter. Yeah, how did this start? Like that's what, a good question. What made you What made you think in your just your okay. disturbed brain that you needed to put this out in the world? <laughs> Today, Wednesday, twenty the 29th of July, I was watching Kinda NYC live react to the Avengers War, ta- War Zone War Table thing that they did that we're going to talk about in a bit, okay? I made mac and cheese for lunch. Like a mm-hmm. normal, sane person, I put ketchup all over that mac and cheese. Okay, no, you lost me. No, monster. <laughs> so I asked their chat if I should put ketchup or who who put who puts ketchup on their mac and cheese. They were flip, they were split 50-50. So I put it on Twitter and Twitter said I'm wrong and Twitter's The wrong. numbers don't lie and they spell yes, they disaster do. for you. The numbers can lie because you can have a majority of people be wrong. It was really a landslide. So can we agree my sister put soya sauce on her craft dinner? Can we agree that, that that's is wrong? Weird. That's weird. That's just that's yeah, weird. That's, that's, like, that's, that's odd. I don't know if yeah. she's going to appreciate me bringing that up. Sorry, Leela. You didn't have to call her out by name. Now she's just going to know. She is a Leafs fan. So I think that's uh, something that Leafs fan may do. Yeah, there could yeah. be there correlation there. There is no there. correlation. Hmm. I know a number of Leafs fans who are really good people who also put fucking ketchup on their fucking mac and cheese. Why didn't well, they that's... vote in your Twitter poll, though? Because they don't really use Twitter, okay? My family exist. doesn't understand the internet. You have friends that do this. Yes, we I all thought I you. did. I okay. thought I did. Mac and cheese is talked about. Let's move on. Craft Dinner replied to me on Twitter saying, you put whatever you want on your mac and cheese. Yeah, that, ketchup, honestly, that was the most dogs, mind-blowing syrup, part doesn't where matter. Senpai noticed you there. What is going on at the Craft Dinner factory these days? Like, is there like a pigeon and a loose fox that's managing the Twitter account? No, they have a good social media manager that knows I'm right and I'm being wronged by my followers on Twitter. Acceptance what is. is key. Mm. They're just trying to make it feel good. Like, they don't want to say, no, you can't put it on there because they may lose a customer. Okay, that's 
that's like you, the most ha- placating answer just to be like sure you do you yeah that was actually just a mass reply that they sent out to a bunch of random tweets of people saying oh man can i put hot dogs on mac and cheese and we're like just yeah 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 send 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 yeah because everyone's tweeting craft dinner about hot dogs and their mac and cheese no that was unique okay hot and dogs in your you mac and cheese least, is fine hot dogs is okay bacon is better have you at least tried ketchup in your mac and cheese yes it's disgusting I hate You're disgusting. Oh. Here's the thing is ketchup is just tomato syrup and it just sucks. Like why no, I don't it's, it's, it's tomato and vinegar actually. Yeah, but it's got a consistency of syrup. It's just awful. Like, no it doesn't. Literally you it's could It's got just... a consistency of a condiment, thank you. I mean, it's definitely not the best of the condiments. We can agree on that. Okay, Cozy, is... what's your favorite condiment? And if it's not gravy, I'm going to disregard whatever you say. I mean, probably mayonnaise. Frank's Red Hot. Have you tried mayo Frank's chup? Frank's Red Hot is good. Mayo, ch- yeah. mayo chup is I good. I have not tried mayo chup. I... They also have mayo rot. Y- you know what? Honestly, like, honestly, it actually might be like Frank's Red Hot or one of those hot sauces. You can't like enjoy it in the same way that you enjoy mayonnaise because of the you know hotness of it but yeah it actually might be that is, yeah. is hot sauce a condiment though yeah i put that shit on I, everything I wouldn't call, like anytime I, I can put it on that. eggs it's on eggs on chicken but fingers is hot, it's on is chicken hot sauce fingers. a condiment like i cook with hot sauce i don't use it as a condiment well i would use it as a condiment yeah it depends on how you use it i guess like how you implement it if you put it on eggs when you're about to eat scrambled eggs to make them taste good you know what else is great on your scrambled eggs? Goddamn ketchup. Eggs taste good on their own, though. Like, you just need nah, a little eggs salt. Are, eggs no, gross. they don't. Eggs, eggs are all salt gross. and pepper, and you're fine. Like Eggs are grossed, and they got that weird boogery texture. No, thank no, you. No, yeah. AG, you pan fry them, you scramble them, you throw some salt, pepper, ketchup in there, and you're good to go. See, I can eat just, eggs just with ketchup. The equation, okay. It. I feel like we've talked about this for eight minutes almost. Ketchup so. belongs in mac and cheese. It does. Pineapple yeah. belongs on pizza. Oh, God. I will agree to bad. that if you agree to my ketchup and mac and cheese. Thing. I, I agree to ketchup on Kraft Dinner. Absolutely. Well, okay. The real good. question is, why would you eat Kraft Dinner, though? That's also not okay. very good. It, was, it wasn't It was Kraft Dinner. It was Annie's, which is like so. So what a we're, fancy box What we're box finding out dinner? right now is you are a liar. You exploited no. the Kraft brand oh, I absolutely for personal gain, their brand. and it yeah. backfired. Mr. Kraft himself is very ashamed of you right now. <laughs> All right. Robert Kraft does All not right. care about my money I get up and tweet. leave, but I'm not wearing pants, and I don't want to get us banned from Twitch. So, <laughs> anyway. Rant over. All me. right. We'll move on here, because people have actually played video games this week, is my understanding. Um, yeah. We had a big... We had a big Halo announcement last week for uh, Halo... Uh, what was it called? Halo Infinite? Halo Infinite? Infinite. That's Unfinished. it. Unfinished. Unfinished. Uh, yep. So, but I see some people uh, getting ready for it have been playing the Halo Master Chief Collection. So, yeah. why don't you guys tell me about that? I wasn't on the recap uh, with MC Fixer that you guys did on the weekend. Um, ju- speaking of Halo, just really quick, I, I think it looks good. I am also a Halo 4 and 5 apologist. It's not perfect. I think right, they're I'm fun games. Not going to associate they're, myself with that it's, anymore. It's it's a <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a whole thing. I like sprint. Aim down sight sights was not implemented well. Yep. 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 Sorry, Alex. Yeah, no worries. Um, don't worry, we're fine. But okay, so yeah, Halo Infinite. Um, yeah, it it didn't look good, but it looked like Halo to me, and like that seems to be from everything I'm hearing what they're going with, is specifically they 
Having just recently booted up Master Chief Collection um, again, Halo 1, it's specifically, they're going for that after you get off the, the ship and you you crash land on the Halo, that level, yeah. mixed with a little bit of silent cartographer, that seemed to be like basis of that demo. The thing is, like, they're not to go too far into Infinite because we've already done a podcast about it that you can find on podcast services, but it really feels like they are pulling from all the halo games in some respect like what you were saying they're Mm -hmm. really trying to take the openness the feeling of openness that you got in halo combat evolved when you stepped off of the halo ring and the openness to the levels but actually doing it for real in halo they're trying to implement the over the top villainous type stuff from halo 2 and the sandbox elements of halo 3 and i am all for it like i think it's i think it looks i think there's a lot of problem there's a lot of technical problems that need to Mm -hmm. be addressed but i think on a base game level, it looks fun. The the best way that I've heard it described is it it doesn't look like um uh like if you have just played Halo recently, it doesn't look like they're trying to make it that Halo again. It looks like what they're trying to do is make a new Halo based off your twenty year nostalgia goggles of the original Halo. In my opinion, I think it. I th- it looks like Halo. I think it looks good, and I think it will be a very good time. I wasn't on. Personally. I wasn't on the podcast, so I just want to ask Alex because I thought about this afterwards. How do you feel mm-hmm. about the ray tracing pack coming later? I don't like that. I think one of the biggest problems that the game is currently facing is the lighting of the game. The lighting looks flat. And I think there's a really... I brought this up on the podcast we did uh, with MC Fixer. Yeah. But there's a really, really good video by Digital Foundry that they released a couple days after the demo came out. And he goes into detail about how the lighting engine seems to be working. And it's kind of strange that they decided their first look at this game is in a valley where the shadows just kind of overtake everything and makes it have that flat look. Like, because there are Mm. moments in the demo where you can see, like, things having very high detail and it actually is looking really good and it's because of the way the lighting is hitting all of these models. Because these are really high quality models. It just... The the game's engine and the day-night cycle isn't serving it. So I think to not have ray tracing be available day one i think is i genuinely think that is a a very drastic mistake and it just seems like depending on how long it takes to be implemented after launch i think will be more to its detriment than anything else should they push would you be in favor of them pushing it back to get the ray tracing patch out or would you want it before the ray tracing patch see that's that's really hard because you you really do want it with your console because yeah. this is the like this they've they've really marketed the series x around around halo and so to not have it would be a, would also be a mistake so in some ways i think there's kind of no winning this this console cannot launch without do, halo do you think they could spin it as oh this is actually the xbox one version you're playing and you'll get updated to the series x version at a later date see that that also feels via smart delivery but they like see that could have worked if they didn't market the game from the get-go as this is a series x this is going to be the series x launch title like if it was just like a oh this is coming at the same time maybe you could have done that that uh uno reverse card spin to it but like i just (laughs) think like i think there's a lot of there was a lot of marketing pushing this as a next-gen Halo when it really isn't that. It is, like, I, you know, it looks 
my biggest thing is like I've heard people be like, oh, it just looks like more Halo, and that's what's exciting because Halo Four and Five didn't look like Halo. To me. There's no real winning this for three four three, but I also think that they're like they haven't made a bad game. Halo, I hate Halo Four and Five, but they're not bad games, and so I they're they're not bad games. They're not very good Halo. That's is yeah, what that's I would exactly say. It. Which okay. is why I'm a pol- an apologist because yeah. I still have fun with the game. But yeah. what are good Halos are the Halos in the Master Chief Collection, and mm-hmm. I'll do this very quickly because I y'all got mad at me at talking about Mac and Cheese, and now we've talked about Halo for a good ten minutes. Yeah, well, like I'm just saying, we're I, we're gonna I've, move on Halo quickly. Yeah, I've played, I've been playing it like you know nonstop since Halo Three came out. One of the really cool things about it is one of my friends from grade five, who I used to play Halo with, messaged mm. me out of the blue asking if I wanted to play it again. So Halo brings people wow. together. Uh, I just uh, want to quickly mention that. As Alex mentioned earlier, uh, we recorded a reaction to the Xbox showcase with MC Fixer. Uh, As mentioned, you can find it on podcast services and, of course, here in our archive on our Twitch channel. So please go check that out if you were disappointed by how little we talked about Halo today. Um, all right. Uh, thanks for that uh, intermission or uh, injection there, Cozy, because I didn't think about that because I wasn't on it. But uh, I hope you guys had a good time with MC Fixer. I listened to the podcast today and it was really good. So I cannot wait to have him back on. He was a phenomenal guest. Yeah, hopefully we'll get a chance to have him back. So we talked about monsters who like catch up on their craft dinner earlier. So, well, where'd Alex go? <laughs> it doesn't matter. He uh, disappeared. Okay, there he is. He still I spilled, I, think. I spilled Diet Coke all over my keyboard. <laughs> Professional all right. podcaster. Yeah. All right. Um, so we talked about monsters who like catch up on their um, uh, macaroni earlier. So let's Hi, do a me. little more talking about monsters now. Um, Alex, you've been talking about Taylor, or listening to Taylor Swift. Tell me about her. I ha- fuck. Wait, what? <laughs> you did. Damn. That's not okay. Cool. You got you got me good. All right. Um. So after the Halo reveal, and I was on Cloud Nine. Taylor Swift announced on Twitter that she was releasing that night at 12, well, the next day at 12, 12 a.m. that she was releasing her new album, uh, Folklore, which I wasn't expecting to get a new Taylor Swift. I'm, okay, I haven't really gotten to talk about it, but I'm a very unapologetic, I'm an unapologetic Taylor Swift fan. Uh, I'm a hardcore Swifty, big fan. I don't know what is, is being Is that shown what you call on, yourselves? It's uh, for the game Folklore for the okay. PS3. A classic. Just ig- ig- ignore it. Remember, we're also an audio show. Not everything is for Twitch. Right. But yeah, so um, I wasn't expecting to, to get a new album this year because usually she takes about two years to make an album because, you know, she makes one and then goes on tour and then makes the next one. But because of probably the COVID situation, she's had a lot of time to make a new new album. And it's great. I love it. It's uh, very introspective compared like. Lover was uh, very much a celebration of what made what made Taylor Swift great, where folklore is more introspective, what Retribution was trying to do, but failed at miserably. And I think folklore does it way better. I think it's really good. There's not a song on the entire album that I don't like, and usually there's at least one. So that's my do review. Do you really call yourself okay. Swifties? Alex, oh, hell yeah. a, quick, a quick question about it. How many uh, ex-boyfriends were harmed in the making of this album? Um, see, she's kind of moved on from that a little bit. Okay. Um, that's, that's the thing is like that, that was like a hardcore, like from her debut to like 1989, even into retribution a little bit was kind of like, that was like her, her thing. And then she kind of got away from it with lover. Um, and I feel like she's still kind of staying, 
She honestly, most her, mostly her, um, her big thing is just having feud with Kanye. Like, there's a lot of like references, like subtle references to him because of the what he did at the um, the Grammys, however long ago. Yeah. Um, and that's just been like there's been this constant feud, and you know she she basically has a whole song about it uh, called Mad Woman. It's great. Yeah. So less more, less ex boyfriends and more just like being mad at Kanye. Okay. Well, I'll um. I'm going to check that out because I don't mind a little bit of Tay-Tay. But let's move over to the other monsters because there's a game I've been really waiting to um, oh, talk so about since last good. week. You, you wanted us that, to talk You wanted to talk about it last week, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't talk about it last week uh, because it came out the next day and that's when the embargo was because Devolver Digital had the embargo the same day, which I don't know why because guess what? Carrion is great. It's um, so good. Yeah. Why don't, why don't you t- talk about the game a little bit, Alex? Okay. Um, so I'm letting you talk uh, a lot today. Hilariously this is just the enough, Alex show. Hilariously enough, I've been listening to Taylor Swift while playing this game, and it's a weirdly zen experience. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess maybe your monster comment earlier was a little bit more accurate. But it's just – it's super fun. Like – Basically, for those that don't know, this was a Devolver Digital game that got announced uh, at their show a couple weeks ago. And one of the biggest things about it is it was available on Game Pass day one. Uh, and that's how I downloaded it. That's how I've been playing it. And you play as a, a monster that rips people apart. And it's just, it's so cathartic to just get to sh- destroy people and just grow bigger. So it's basically the thing. Like John Carpenter's The Thing, but you're playing The Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of reminds. Oh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I was going to say, it kind of reminds me of the uh, monster from the last season of Stranger Things, too, Mm -hmm. with a lot of the different abilities. But it's just that amorphic blob. It's 100%. This is the monster from the movie The Thing. um, And you're just kind of. But it doesn't. What I liked about the game is it doesn't make you too powerful because you can still die. Mm -hmm. There's there's enemies with flamethrowers that are a real nightmare to go against at points. And those mechs. Oh yeah, having to tear those mechs apart um, slowly and take like take advantage of them. Um, it's a Metroidvania, so you're unlocking the abilities by finding these DNA canisters and then adapting the DNA into yours, um, which give you other abilities as you uh, as you're able to get through the uh, the facility. It's just a really neat game. I had a beat before it came out, and I cleared up the last few uh, collectibles the night after. Uh, did you finish it, Alex? No, I've gotten to the point where I've gotten... I think I've gotten all the abilities. I'm not 100% sure, but I've gotten at least to the max like size that you can get. No, there's, there's basically... still more abilities. Oh, okay, so, yeah, you... Do you get any bigger? Because I'm on the third tier of... No, the third tier is as big as you get, but there's some more okay. abilities. Okay, like, because I've gotten the ability to control people. I think that was the last one that I got. Okay. Maybe I got, like, the... I don't remember if the spikes that you get in the huge form, um, if that comes after that or not. You've got um, a little bit more to go then, I think. I was going to try to finish it before the before the podcast today, but I just didn't get around to it. One of the, like, one of the things I actually kind of really like about it is, like we were saying, like, you can grow in size the more you sort of consume, but some abilities only carry over depending on how big you are. And so you have to like constantly be like sort of aware because there's puzzles and there's puzzles that it's like, oh, I need to be the smallest size to be able to do this puzzle. Then I need to go be big and then medium. And it's really, it's really great and really makes you think about your environment. Yeah, hundred percent. And there's like liquid deposits. You can drop off parts of your body and then go back and collect them later. 
mm-hmm. so that you can do the puzzles. It's just a really well thought out, smart game. It's probably on my list for like favorite experiences this year. It's not a oh, huge yeah. time suck. I think it's probably like eight or 10 hours max, probably to 100% so, it. Um, and it's not really, as far as Metroidvanias go, there isn't secrets all over the place. Each level has like one secret uh, in it. So it's not in too in depth like that, uh, like a, say an Axiom Verge. But it's got a lot of the classic DNA. It's just really fun to go around ripping humans in half and then eating their body, like their body parts as you go through, because that also restores your health. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I I have a question. I know Alex, you played it on PC. Nathan, you played it on Switch. Switch, I'm guessing. Yep. I played um, it on Switch. Yep. Do you, this one's on my radar. Do you know how much it is? Because uh, it's, it's one that is I'm probably going to pick up at some point this year. I think 19.99 or 22. On like Steam, American. On Steam, it's twenty two ninety nine. Okay, so that's not too I don't bad. know. I don't know if there's a Nintendo tax to it or not. There usually yeah. is. Yeah, so it but might be a no, little bit more. No, that's cool. It's that's one that's definitely on my radar. Or I'll just yeah. wait until I have Game Pass and my new I, PC. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Is like if you have Game Pass, it is one hundred percent worth the download. It is so much fun. Yeah, and it's just yeah, it's a really cathartic experience. Just hearing when you first start playing the game and you're going through and like all the people don't have weapons yet and they're yeah. screaming. It's just it's so. It's it's it has this primal feeling to it of just like this is this feels good just just ripping people especially off. when you have some T swizz in your ear right oh definitely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one game about killing humans let's talk about another game where you have to destroy all humans oh I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about this you wrote a review about this game correct I did yes correct thank you on PS4 blog.net but yeah check out my review I had it uh, I guess I got it on the day of the podcast last week so I got to put some good time into it Destroy All Humans is a perfect I don't want to say a perfect remake but it's such a good remake of a mid-tier PS2 game and that's the best way to put it they fixed the controls so that it feels like you're playing a modern game which was my biggest concern your movement feels good the weapons uh Um, and combat feels good but what hurts the game a little bit is the fact that they kept a lot of the repetitive mission structure from the ps2 so they they didn't change the structure of the game um the the missions themselves so like a lot of the things there's waves of enemies waves of enemies coming at you i remember one where i was supposed to be trying to be stealthy and i got caught by a human and so i tried to kill the humans so that they didn't alert but they kept calling police and other people over and i couldn't destroy them because i just had waves of people just kept coming at me as i tried to kill them so but it's a really good remake of uh like a like an okay game i wish we saw more uh companies take chances on this type of thing because this is reminding me of the excitement we had in the ps2 and the companies like thq i think it was a bad thing we lost thq because we lost them taking chances on a title called destroy destroy all humans it's really interesting the philosophy that thq nordic has been doing because obviously this is a different studio than the one that remade spongebob battle for bikini bottom but they did like both of those studios that that did the remakes have taken it like in completely different ways like spongebob battle for for bikini bottom one of the biggest things people were saying about it is it is faithful to a fault where it is like they didn't touch anything but the the visuals where you're saying like destroy all humans like they've updated like the the actual like mechanics of the game or at least like how it controls so it's interesting how like the how thq nordic is is going about the remakes and i know we're getting at least one more this year with uh, kingdoms of amalur so it'll be interesting to see how how that one fares 
fingers crossed. I haven't played that one and I don't have a history with it, but I've asked for the review code for it. So um, we'll see what happens and uh, if THQ Nordic hooks us up. Mitch, I, you got a chance to review a game too this week. So why don't you take a second to talk about what you reviewed? Yeah, I reviewed a game. It's uh, definitely a game. It's not one I really want to talk much about. It's called Waifu Uncovered. Uh, this is a little uh, sort of um, Galaga-like clone, except you are trying to save women from an alien virus that is infecting their clothes, and you do so Can by shooting the clothes. Of this? Do not show any footage of this it game. It is a video I'm, game. I'm looking at screenshots on Google. Uh, yeah, do not show careful. any footage of this game. Is there a screenshot he can post? Uh, I wouldn't. No, I... I, see, here's the thing. The first 10 seconds of the trailer are fine, and then I feel like from 30 seconds onward, it just... Yeah, I would not risk it. Oh, wow. It, it is a perfectly oh, fine Galaga clone. It It's your cup of tea, then great. It is not my cup of tea, so I'm glad I'm not playing it anymore. I see a punk goth girl. How do you feel about her? But what I have been playing, to totally change the subject, because I don't want to talk about this anymore, is Ghost yep. of Tsushima, which is so freaking good. I cannot put this game down. I honestly think I might be enjoying it more than I enjoy The Last of Us Part 2. It's definitely a different... Mm. I've I've been playing it very, very, very little. That's why it's not on my list of games that I've played. I've uh, just been having a hard time, like, focusing... Because, like... The, the experience is so zen and I want to just like be able to just kind of lose myself in that world that it's hard to be able to sit down and focus on it. But I fully understand what you mean. Like it's such an enjoyable experience where in some ways The Last of Us Part Two was kind of designed not to be like the gameplay was fun, but the story was so just oppressively dark where even though Ghost of Tsushima is serious, it's still like there's still like elements of of. It feels more like a video game. Like it has yeah. video game elements to it where it, it embraces has been my it sure. turn. It has been, it, it's been my podcast game this week where I turn everything off. I shut everything out. I throw on headphones, throw on the latest episode of whatever I'm listening to, whether it's my Xbox and me from MC Fixer or our friends over at Scoot Gang with Disney Plus Us, whatever it is I'm listening to and just go after, you know, side mission after side mission and clear out encampments. And uh, it's, it's just the the combat like this this is the batman ninja game i didn't know i needed because if they could adapt the batman ninja style the anime that came out a few years ago adapt that just basically put batman over the ghost and you got yourself a batman ninja game like it is Sweet. the combat it it's so satisfying the counter system is very reminiscent of the arkham games which is why i bring up batman i think it's, it's more methodical it's, though than arkham though because you actually have to put like thought into it a little bit more thought into it than there, where there's it a little more pressed. yeah there's a little more depth to the counter system in terms of whether you're doing a parry a perfect parry dodge mm -hmm. roll whatever the case might be the duels in the game are some of the most cinematic and fun moments you will have in this game uh, i won't get too deep into it there's a side quest where you basically have to wander the map and discover these five legendary duels and complete those to get a sixth one to unlock like a super special uh i think it was an armor I don't remember okay. exactly, but it's just like there's there's all the, there's these really nice like cinematic moments that I wasn't expecting. Even in the side quest, there's one side quest I won't talk to that absolutely broke me. I had to turn off the system. I could not play anymore that night because it just it really hit me emotionally when that when something hmm. happened. And it was just in a side mission that most players, unless they're being completionists, are going to totally miss. And it just goes to show the attention to detail that we're getting out of Sony first party and specifically here with Sucker Punch. I've Sweet. always been a fan of their games 
games and they've knocked it out of the park with ghosts. I thought you said for a second there that you had encountered like the five legendary birds and you were going to have to whittle their, down their HP and then capture them using ancient Japanese balls. No, but that may be something that you did this weekend. Not, is that not right? I'm not wrong there. Am I cozy? Uh, actually, you are correct. In fact, uh, this <laughs> weekend I happened to participate in Pokemon Go Fest. But not the Pokemon Go Fest that Niantic originally planned for this year. Instead, it was the you can enjoy us at home style Pokemon Go Fest where you basically went yeah, out and about. It's a diary Whoa, what's now. happening on my phone? Sorry, ignore me. Exactly. And unfortunately, it's been a diary I'm restarting my but phone. I, I, There's nothing to close on my phone. Come on, turn off. I, I want to keep talking. All right, is it off? Nathan, ground control to Nathan. <laughs> Nathan no, no. Mute, just mute your mic. Someone doesn't want to talk about Pokemon Go. How do I mute my mic? Is there not a physical button on your microphone that you can press to mute? No. <laughs> we we are a professional podcast, everybody. Cheers. I turned hey. it off. So Okay, I great. Anyways. Off. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I played Pokemon Go Fest, and it's like I said, it's the version of Pokemon Go Fest that you could just enjoy wherever you wanted to enjoy it. You didn't have to specifically fly down to Chicago, which is where Pokemon Go Fest has been held in years past. Uh, it was enjoyable. I caught a lot of Pokemon. It was ultimately, though, a little bit of disappointing. Uh, previously, last year, I visited the Pokemon Go Safari Zone that was held here in Montreal, and they just... It wasn't like the most uh, extravagant uh, high production value event you've ever seen, but there were just enough things to make it feel special. There were uh, like gigantic ver real life versions of the Pokemon Go stops that also served as charging towers. There were lounges where you could hang out. There were standees of the various uh, team leaders in Pokemon Go that you could take your photographs with. And of course, there were a ton of other people there who were just as into Pokemon Go as you were. You know, obviously, it's more important right now that people find a cure to COVID-19 and we wrestle the virus under uh, control than we return to what Pokemon Go Fest was in the past. But I really am hoping we can return to what Pokemon Go Fest was in the past because it's a totally different experience when it's actually a set event at like a set location. So not, not to interject, sorry, Cozy. This is the night of weird beverage incidents because I just, I took a drink out of my container and then i just put it level and it like attacked me and i don't know why water shouldn't be doing that it like jumped out of my glass at my hat and my shirt and maybe the water has something against the leaf gear that i'm wearing but i don't hmm. sports are looks, back go leafs go like podcast is haunted guys maybe hmm. it's the carrion monster well, now, now i'm gonna go through the rest of this podcast in fear of what's gonna happen yeah in yeah it's just you and cozy <laughs> who haven't gotten attacked yet Let, no, let's wait like cozy uh, let's let so, Cozy continue on his game. Sorry, Cozy. In addition to Pokemon Go, uh, I also reconnected uh, over this past week with a game uh, that I had not played in a very long time called Lego Alpha Team. Uh, this is a... I, I suppose the best comparison I can give it is a game, a Lemmings-like game, where basically uh, when you press the Go button in this game, your little Lego minifigs, which are members of the titular Alpha Team, will start moving out on their own. And what you have to do is you basically have to take various tiles and materials uh, from throughout the level that you're currently in, and you have to set them up so that they are directed towards whatever the goal of the level in question is. Currently, in what you're viewing on stream, basically I have to set these tiles that will tell the minifake go in this direction, and the idea is that I eventually have to have them walk into the plunger lock that is the end of this level, and doing so will allow me to advance to the next level. It's There's a lot about this game that 
uh, I liked back then that I still think holds up really well now. Its music is phenomenal. Uh, its graphics, while dated, still manage to hold up in the same way that, for example, a game like Paper Mario and the Nintendo 64 uh, holds up, where both of these experiences, you know, rely on a very distinctive visual style that doesn't age too terribly over the decades so you can still look at it and it still looks decent enough the one thing about the game though is that it has a very very high difficulty curve and i remember back in the day i would sort of jury rig the process of how to get through levels uh and i, I wouldn't really call this cheating but basically whenever you select an object in each level of the game you are given the option to uh, use a hint and a hint will tell you this is where this object is supposed to be placed to allow you to figure out how to progress through the level. And so there would be maybe 14 objects in a level and there would be seven hints. So I would use seven up of those hints. I would quit out of the level. I would go back into the level and then use these seven other hints. And basically through that process, I would figure out how to get through each level in the game more or less without having to do any actual mental work myself. Part of this playthrough that I'm doing of the game right now is you know, it's a nostalgia trip and I want to enjoy this game that I loved during my childhood, but it's also to see if the game is like legitimately well designed and I was just a dumb kid back then, or if this game is like actually, if its difficulty curve is really out of whack and it should have been more tight of an experience when it first came out. We shall see. All right. Well, uh, well, that sounds good. I have a game that another game that I played. I'm going to hold off and talk about it later in the show, though, because it's going to come up later. And I think that's probably more opportune time. So let's get on to the news, to the weekly news dump. Uh, uh, Alex or AJ, sorry. Uh, I'm going to let you yeah. take the lead on the first uh, two stories. First two. OK, yeah. well, OK, you, you might regret that. Oh, um, well, one in three. Whatever. Just, just Number do the one. first one. And Nathan, you do the second one. I got the rest. OK. All right. So. The first one comes in from Vice Gaming's uh, Patrick Klepek. You may have heard on the weekend that there has been a big Nintendo data leak. Uh, the title of this article I have here is A Massive Leak of Nintendo Source Code is Causing Chaos in Video Game. This is a, a, a major leak that potentially happened about two years ago when um, about two terabytes of old Nintendo data got hacked and stolen. Oh man, it's 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 both exciting and kind of conflicting. Um, it's it's a, exciting because you know traditionally Nintendo is a very secretive company when it comes to um, all all of the this stuff like old builds and stuff. There is only what Nintendo puts out is canonically what happened, and nothing else happened behind the scenes. Nintendo shits out perfect games every time, just like any other other video game company. Games get iterated on as they go, right? For example, one of the the biggest um, long long standing rumors is uh, something all the way from Super Mario sixty four. If you go into the fountain, I believe that's uh, back behind the castle, and try to make make out what the pixels on the statue in the middle of the fountain read, uh, it supposedly says L is real uh, four digit character. Um, that was alluding to hey somewhere in the code of the game exists luigi as a playable character well was it actually alluding to that or was that something that people just sort of inferred because they were desperate to find luigi pete that was what people were inferring to um and hoping for and they they wanted to know all the secrets of the game like a like a, a puzzle on top of the game itself and it turns out at one point luigi was planned to 
potentially be a playable character in this. And that's just one of the many things that kind of got leaked out. Um, another one is specifically like the evolution of Yoshi and like one of the early mm -hmm. uh, designs of Yoshi is kind of reminiscent to that uh, Super Mario Maker really tall skinny Mario guy. Um, that you can randomly get as you play. Um, that's really, really off-putting. But, um, you know, they, they clearly tried to go for a slightly more realistic, but then they toned it down and, you know, made it into that Nintendo style that we know and love today. Anyway, um, leaks like this are, are, are kind of a big deal, but they're also kind of important, especially for uh, com companies as secretive, as secretive as Nintendo uh, over the years. Um, specifically, um, archivists uh, in the community like to take the all the history and they want to work with developers and like, hey, let's preserve this history of how we got from point A to release for games. But the chaos that this whole leak is causing right now specifically is the, the archivists in who are, who are going through this don't necessarily want stolen data, right? Because if they try and and post any of it anywhere, have, have, you know, that just opens them up for a lawsuit, right? So, like, if somebody comp compiles some of the, the source code of these files together, um, you know, that it just opens you, uh, you up to a big Nintendo lawsuit. And nobody wants that breathing down their neck. It's super, super fascinating, in my opinion. There's, um, I, I know, uh, what was the Pokemon leak that happened, Mitch? You, you mentioned it, or... or Cozy. So the the source code for or the the development repository for Diamond and Pearl, the Gen Four Pokemon games, was yeah. a part of this Giga leak or Giga hack or whatever it is they're calling it. Um, and it's it it's interesting to know that this is there because we also saw, I think it was last year, uh, a poor, or a remat a remake of Super Mario sixty four for PC. And I think if this source code is available, then people are gonna use this to make their own free versions of some of these games. Then you get into some weird litigation issues again with Nintendo. Mm. And you get to a point where let's say the Mario 64 source code is totally in here and it's totally made available elsewhere. What incentivizes Nintendo to put out a 64 remaster, let's say on the Switch, which is heavily rumored right now. Like what, what, why would people go and buy it there when they can get it elsewhere for free? It's this weird thing with the internet of just making stuff available. I don't know how well that logic kind of holds up because Nintendo has been re-releasing their older games forever. And yeah. they're like emulation has been a thing for a really long time. So I just, I don't see how that. I mean, virtual console is one thing, but let's say this, like, let's say they're going to do a full remake on a system and charge full price for it. What's to say someone couldn't go in and use this source code to make their own remake that works better than they just released to everybody, right? I it guess, is different. But... It's not. It's not the original game versus the original game. Which, yeah, the virtual console model. I like it because I like being able to buy these old games. Because I'd rather pay money than do illegal businesses. If someone's gonna make a better version of Mario sixty four that I can play on my PC for free, what incentivizes me to go and buy Nintendo's old version if they re-release it or a remake? My only other thing with that is just like the people who would like do that, like who would play that version of like Mario 64 if it was a thing, they probably wouldn't be buying a Switch version of it anyway. Fair. So I just don't, I just don't think that it would, I don't think it would hurt Nintendo that much or even slightly. Nintendo well, will shut say, them down anyways. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, I feel like it's rare that I feel like it's rare that you hear about these like you know, better than the original version remakes becoming so well known and so popular that it detracts from the like official re-release that 
video game company in question attempts to put out. Like, mm-hmm. I can't think of an... If somebody can, you know, correct me if I'm wrong or point out an example, but I can't think of an instance where, you know, a, like, fan-made game... Not, not specifically a fan-made game, but specifically, let's let's talk about a remake. I a remake I... of a game. I, I know you're probably going to think about, like, the Metroid game, but I feel like that's... Not, I don't know if that example totally counts, because that was almost like its, its own separate original game by the yeah. end of it. The only thing I can sort of think of is there's um, when, like, GoldenEye being emulated on PC, people have modded it so that you can use mouse and keyboard, where then, like, you know, GoldenEye on the Wii is not a good... It's not... I mean, it's, like, it's technically a different game, it's but it's got different... different it, it's you know got the same name so it's not exactly like there's no like you're right there is no one-to-one comparison if that situation but that's just kind of like the definitive way now to play goldeneye is to emulate it on pc and have mouse and keyboard right but the fact of the matter is that you know if nintendo or rare said hey we're gonna re-release goldeneye they can probably get a lot more marketing power behind that re-release than the people online with a better version of goldeneye would ever be able to do yeah for sure and so in that regard, we don't really need to be, you know, concerned about the prospects of Nintendo putting out a remake of Super Mario 64. Obviously, I think we can all agree here that let's hope that Nintendo's remake of Super Mario 64, if it exists, is of a very high quality and is worth paying for whatever they ask to pay, I, I, to pay I for I need it. the remakes of Diamond and Pearl so bad. <laughs> so bad. I want him too. Yeah. I want him too. <laughs> um, and, and, and just lastly with this, like... I, I say it's kind of it, it's it's definitely a, a, a divisive issue that happens specifically because yeah, it is technically stolen goods, right? And if you really yeah. think about it, like how would we, any of us feel if somebody got into our Google Docs folders and our personal Google Docs folders and put those files out there, right? It, it's a similar concept, right? So, um, you know, I mean, I, I can, I I can feel compare it about directly, it, but like, I, I mean, I can compare it directly to work if if our source code got out at work there'd be major litigation if that sort of stuff happened if your source code got out and somewhere in there you had like commented out a line where you had just shit talked your boss yeah i mean i don't i don't i don't do that in my code but smart i know some but, people would yeah Ima- imagine if something like that came out that, yeah, would, that be... would be unfortunate the, yeah. th- the thing at least with our code i don't know if it's the same with nintendo is we do code review right mm-hmm. other people have to review the changes we're putting into the code so if you're gonna you know shit talk your boss you probably shouldn't do it somewhere where other people are gonna see it and i'll leave it at that yeah it, it's kind of like a shame but it's nice but it's bad at the same time like it's nice to see this information but it shouldn't have gotten out this way um yeah. all right well let's move on and we'll talk about something a little bit more happier with nintendo there's a new animal crossing <sighs> update everybody all right, I'll be back well, in a minute. Have fun, Nathan. I haven't played it in many months. Yeah. So um, I haven't missed a day since it came out. I was looking at my account. Uh, I've not missed a single day of it. Um, but the stuff that they're adding for Wave 2, we're going to get fireworks shows in August on every Sunday after 7 p.m. Wow. So, And there will be raffles, and you can make your own fireworks, uh, I believe. So your own designs for it. So, uh, AJ, if you jump back in, I bet you can make penis fireworks. Hell yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, <laughs> other things that we're going to be uh, putting back in, there's a new dreaming feature where you can go to sleep in your bed, and apparently you can get a dream address from people where you can go to their islands and do whatever you want to their islands because it's a dream and nothing stays permanent. So it's an interesting thing. I'm not sure how much that's going to be used. The biggest piece of note, though, 
Um, somehow, Nintendo has figured out how to do the island backup and restoration services. Because up until this point, if you have a problem with your Switch or your Switch dies, you're effed. Um, mm. And your island is gone. So they've now found a way to do the backup. So after the update, you'll be able to back your island up. Um, so in case of loss or damage, Nintendo will be able to restore your island um, afterwards. Which is good, because my wife's Switch, sound the fan on it, sounds like it's dying. So it probably needs to go does in, it, and we've been waiting for this Does it sound like your PS4 does? or Worse. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, why does any of this matter other than yeah. the backup? Well, the fireworks is really fun. Yeah, it just it's more content. It's just more Mitch, content. you missed like, it they, as you were standing up. We were talking about big, girthy fireworks exploding. All right, I'll see air. you guys later. Yeah. My main, my main question is, I wonder why Nintendo finally caved to adding the backup. Like that just. Well, this seem wasn't like a they cave. That. They said that was this it? was going to come down the line. Oh, okay. So I didn't, I didn't know that. Like I thought that was just like a thing that they were just like, yeah, we're not going to do it. Like I no. just. Okay. No, they they said it was not coming at launch, and eventually they would do it because they went with a really weird system where everybody on the island or on your Switch is a resident on the same island instead of giving right. individual islands to people on the Switch. So do you uh, think do you think that'll come next that they might actually do it? No. Like per okay, that's I that one. That's a bridge too far. Yeah, I think so because then at that point it gets messy. Like say, like my wife on her switch has my two boys' um, houses on it. So say they do eventually do that, then she they want to start their own islands. But my wife already has their house right. on their island, and you can't get rid of them. Oh yeah, okay. That does that does mean it's a little messy. The weirdest thing about this is this only allows for cloud save and backup and restoration through Nintendo. Yeah. So you have to contact Nintendo if your switch gets messed up or whatever, and you have a new one to do the transfer actual system transfers of animal crossing content is coming later which is so how do they still i don't fuck know this up <laughs> i don't know holy shit oh man i think we've said it before I but i don't think nintendo understands how online works i don't think they've ever been on the internet before well they haven't been able to survive this pandemic because they don't know how to work remotely yeah uh, so I just thought oh, we'd bring right, a little right, bit that's... of Nintendo into it. So, um, sorry, I know it was a bridge too far, but you know, yeah, what I mean? like anyway, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Let's it's move on. Day. Mitch, why don't you tell us about Grounded? Uh, it's a game, and it came out, and it's like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids meets a survival experience thingy. Uh, but what is interesting is the fact that it hit the top of the Steam bestseller list over its uh, launch day. That's so genuinely this, surprising. Yeah, so this mm -hmm. news coming to us from, uh, uh, where's my thing I have here? Sheriff Said over at VG247. Yeah, so on Grounded's release day, it hit it hit the top of the Steam bestseller list, even though it is available through Xbox Game Pass, which is very interesting. Uh, and the Steam concurrent numbers weren't really anything special, even with all those purchases, but a lot of that could be driven by the fact that people could have been playing it through Game Pass or through the Windows Store. So that's kind of, it's a split market. So using concurrent users really isn't a good measure. What is interesting though, is that Grounded hit the top three spot on Twitch on launch day. So in terms of viewers, people were very interested in this game. And it's interesting to see the Game Pass model apply. And this is not the first time we've seen a Game Pass release drive sales on another store, nor is it the first time we've seen a Game Pass game jump to the top of uh, the Twitch viewership. So it's just very interesting to see Microsoft's approach to Game Pass and how it's, how it's affecting the market, how it's changing the way people consume games, whether it be purchasing it or, or watching it on Twitch. It's just really I odd, but I'm, yeah. I'm here for it. 
I think one of the I think the I have I have a I'm about to download it after this podcast is done, so I'm gonna come back next week and sort of have more cohesive thoughts about it. But I think the most interesting thing about it, besides like besides everything that's been stated so far, is just the fact that this wasn't dead on arrival like bleeding edge. Like I honestly yeah. was kind of thinking it was gonna be because this is like who wanted this from Obsidian? But the fact but it's that it's different, right? Like Bleeding yeah. Edge is just another character arena combat game, whereas this yeah, is but this this doing you something different you, aesthetically. That's true, but you also could have just chalked it up of it's another survival game. I think the aesthetics sure. do help push it, but you have so many games that are like this. But you know the fact that it didn't the fact I mean the fact that it's doing as well as it is on Steam is kind of genuinely incredible, and so. Um, you know, it seems like, I mean, both this and Sea of Thieves have been doing pretty well on Steam, even though that they're available on Game Pass. So Microsoft, it's working for them somehow. If, if, if if the, the Xbox presentation last week didn't teach us anything, it's that that was a, an amazing Game Pass advertisement. And the fact that, you know, we're still getting more and more different things that none of us would really think to to buy on our own and we're just getting access to it it honestly should have been called the xbox game pass showcase like yeah this like it just so it's so worth it i think part of it too is the experiences that you're talking about with bleeding edge i know it's not really doing gangbusters but something like sea of thieves like grounded like we will absolutely see with halo in the fall what we saw with gears is these things sell well on places that aren't game pass because word of mouth or Twitch viewership or whatever it is just drives people to buy the thing where they have it, not necessarily sub to game pass. If you do that, great. You have access to all these games, but if my friends are playing halo infinite in the fall and I don't really want to get game pass, I may just pick it up on PC to play it with friends. Cause why not? If I don't want the, if I don't want the full package, I can still, be that consumer that just wants in and there's a way there yeah there are some people who are on pc ecosystem specifically that are so stingy of i only want to play all my games on steam and if it's not there then fuck epic and fuck it's just like holy shit man i don't want to install you play and origin it's literally just another it's another browser that's literally free it takes up nothing on your hard drive like even if you have a my like a micro hard drive it'll probably still be able to run the executable like just shut up it's just another way to play games since since i got my uh new pc i built it i think i have six different um launchers on my pc now origin you play blizzard gog yeah GOG, Uh, steam i said yeah okay i'm trying to remember what the other ones are uh, I downloaded that itch epic for that bundle oh, yeah. that they had. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, there's tons of stuff out there. Yeah, and that's just yeah. the nature of the marketplace. And yeah. like Steam is great because you could literally just add any extension or like add any executable into Steam and it'll show up in your Steam library. Like there's literally no reason to complain about it, but people will do it anyway on the internet. I did the that. The internet with is great. I mean, look at what the internet did to my thoughts on Mac and Cheese. The Windows Store has a very rough time with integrating into uh, games into steam oh yeah the xbox app fucking sucks on pc oh yeah no yeah so uh, that's something that i've been trying to do so that i can like you know put games into my steam library and then i could like on the computer downstairs i could basically remote into this and like 
you know do some network play or something like that but you know it game the the windows 10 game store does not play well with anything else so all right yeah all right well let's move on and so we're gonna go to talk about spider-man miles morales now i know we have the number one spider-man fan here mitch tell us about it that's debatable i dressed up as spider-man i bought a spider-man costume for our ps5 live stream that one i missed and two, the costume still hasn't shown up, and I'm kind of worried because they charged me for it, and I haven't gotten it, and it's been like a month and a half. That sounds that like a fake s- fan to me. Go ahead. <laughs> Can I just kick him out of the call? Like, I'm down for it. I don't really care. So, Can we kick out. each other out of the call? I think so. We probably shouldn't Can try. We? we also probably shouldn't activate my Alexa by saying name. Stop. Beautiful. Fucking stop already. <laughs> hey, guys. Anyone here want to vote to kick Mitch out? I unplugged it. It's fine. How do we do that? It's just the night of technical issues. So Spider-Man Miles Morales is coming out in the fall, and there are increasing rumors that a remaster of the original PS4 Spider-Man will be included with the game on next-gen hardware, which is interesting. This news coming to us also from Sheriff over at uh, that their VG247. They spotted that a, the latest issue of Game Informer includes a quote saying that it isn't a traditional sequel, since it comes bundled with a remastered version of Spider-Man that takes full advantage of the PS5 hardware. Now, Game Informer is a magazine. Magazines go to print, like, what, six weeks before they actually hit store shelves? Stupid early. Mm-hmm. So this could just be... Like, there were those rumors when the game was first announced that it was going to either include a remaster or there would be a remaster or whatever. So it could just be a rush to get things to print without it getting edited out but mm-hmm. given that sony's shown off spider-man so often when it comes to sh- showcasing the ps5 hardware do we think a spider-man remaster it makes sense for this for one and two do you think people are going to buy it because the ps5 is backwards compatible with the ps4 game so what incentive is there going to be to justify spending let's say miles morales ends up then being a full price game because it includes the remaster are you willing to pay for what is the new Miles Morales content and an optimized version of Spider-Man? Or would you want to just sort of see it thrown in still at a budget price? I think they'll throw it in at a budget price if they do this. Um, I think there's a lot of validity to this because of the... um the misspeaking of the Sony executive after the initial PS5 launch when they announced it because he did say that it was coming. So, And then everybody stepped back, including Insomniac, and said it's a full standalone release. They they have to treat it that way price-wise, right? Because they've already said that? I My, my speculation is I think it's going to be a full-price game when it comes out, even if it is like a budget title. I think that this is like they're using the Spider-Man name to try to help sell systems, and if they have like that sort of price tag associated with it, I think that will and i think then adding like the spider-man based game will kind of help push that and especially if like if it is a remastered where it like looks a little bit better like they increase like the anti-alias like they 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 push those sliders up a little bit and like try to because like one of the big things that we i mean we've only seen one thing for miles morales but it looks like they've updated the lighting engine if they can if they can like reverse engineer that back into the base game like i think adding things like that and then being able to show it off could be the thing that gets it to like that full price tag so it it's it's funny i had spider-man game of the year edition sitting in my playstation cart for the majority of the week because i wanted to own it digital expecting to buy the digital ps5 
now with this coming out, I've kind of put that on the back burner thinking I'll wait and see what happens around the remaster and things like that if it comes to light. And instead of spending money on that, I spent money on a second pre-order for Marvel's Avengers. And, <laughs> and today we got the second Marvel Avengers war table briefing thing that walked us through the content we're going to get in the beta, the Can first DLC character, and the fact that more content is coming down the line. Can I ask you a big question about this? Do you want me to go through the news story first, or do you want to ask me the question? I'm going to ask you the question first. All right. Did Casey Lynch do voice work for it? No. No. Okay, good. They learned their lesson. Um, I, I wanted to ask a question. So, like, I watched this War Table thing as well, and, I mean, it was a very slick presentation. In your opinion, did its gameplay look substantially better than what was shown last time? Because I was watching it, I'm like, eh, all right. It does not, I cannot feel, see a discernible, that discernible of a difference. I mean, it, we, it hasn't been very long from the first presentation to this one. I did see some some segments of gameplay that looked genuinely fun. The other thing that I would suggest, Cozy, is if you didn't or if you do have if you have access to a 4K TV, the vi the whole video is up there in 4K. Watching it in 4K is ridiculous. The uh, game looks so good. Yeah. I, I'm sure I'm sure that this trailer looks great in 4K, but I mean, so do a lot of other things in 4K. I mean, my biggest thing is, like, if you were going to watch, like, if you say, like, watch, like, the kind of funny react along or, like, whoever does a react along, definitely go back and watch these trailers and stuff, like, again, if you're interested, because the compression, we brought this up on, on the Xbox, Xbox podcast, um, but it's like, you're watching, you're watching a compressed version of it, then well, I, it's I understand. Again. And it's like, I understand from like a visual perspective, right. but in terms of the sheer gameplay of what's uh, on offer. I, I think yeah, the Kamala Khan gameplay looks fun. I think the swinging around with Black Widow look cool. I think smashing everything with the Hulk it will be genuinely fun. Flying with Iron Man look cool. Uh, there's a um, lot that I'm excited about for this game. Can I get into what they actually talked about today and then we can ask our questions? Sorry. I yeah. guess so. <laughs> if you so have to. They, so they detailed a bunch about the content that we're going to get in the war table or in the beta. There's something like 20 missions or something they're going to make available. The first or uh, they're making available, I think, three missions from the main game. So you have some single player content there as well, including the demo uh, level that we got at New York Comic Con last year, the bridge sequence. So it'll be interesting to hear people's opinions on how that's improved over the last year. They also confirmed that the first post-launch character will in fact be Hawkeye, who people have been asking about since the first trailer for the game was shown. Uh, this version of Hawkeye seems to be drawing uh, inspiration from Ma the Matt Fraction run on Hawkeye, which could mm -hmm. be very exciting. Yep. Each new DLC character will have their own in-depth story mission chain separate from the main campaign, which can be played solo or cooperatively. And uh, yeah, there's going to be more content in late game that they haven't really gotten into much that they'll discuss closer to launch. Things like the harm challenge rooms, uh, more war zones. They said there's like 60 different enemy types, something like uh, like 50 or 60 missions. Some I don't know. It, there's a lot of content that's going to be in this game at launch, and they're planning on adding more content post-launch for free, which is great. Now you can ask your question. Um, I just wanted to say that having watched after watching this, if I remember correctly on our ranking for the uh, rest of the year, I suggested that after the beta, 
it would be delayed. And it was one of those moments where you allowed me to call a mulligan on it, and I went back and said, no, this will be delayed after the beta. I regret that decision. It's definitely coming out. The beta, the beta ends a week before the game launches. It's coming out. Okay, a so okay. here's here's the thing. I still don't have a lot of faith in this game, as I think has been made apparent so far. However, I've come to the decision that I'm going to get in on the beta day one. Ooh, yes, because cozy. as I previously said, I want to get in on one of these live service games on day one. And I mean, there's not a whole lot coming up in August for me, so... I think it'll, at the very least, be a fun thing to experience, regardless of how fun the actual game is. Sorry, oh, I'm just, I'm only happy that I'm playing it with, like, I'll be playing with you, Mitch, and now probably Cozy as well. I would definitely not get this game if it was just going to be me by myself. Oh, it's yeah. going like, to be such a fire. You're also saving some money on it. Which that too. Happen. I think I think no matter what, I'm going to enjoy my experience, even if it's not going to be very good. In terms of the trophy situation with this game, am I correct in assuming that the trophy list is only going to be made available at the game's actual launch? Yeah, probably. I would imagine maybe there's something backloaded into PSN before that, because you have to imagine if reviews are coming out on launch day, which is September 5th. Someone correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but I think I that's feel like the date. you should know that. I think it's September 4th. September 4th. I think 4th sounds right. Reviewers are probably going to be, ha they're probably going to have this game yeah. and be playing it ahead or during the beta. So that trophy list is probably going to be live once the beta goes live, but it probably wouldn't be something you can start earning towards in the beta. Yeah. That's what you were trying to ask, mm -hmm. Cozy. So uh, just like a little peek behind the curtain, when you get games before they come out, sometimes those trophies aren't unlocked on the PSN. Um, so I can be getting a game prior to launch and unlocking trophies and they pop saying they've unlocked, then I can't go look at them in the trophy list. Okay. Like they don't show <laughs> up yet. I, so th there's a way to get trophies, but even if I press the PlayStation button when that trophy pops, it just says no data available. I, I also know that uh, like Greg Miller and stuff, they, they intentionally when they have to review a game yep. hide their hide their trophy too. list and everything like just in case so <laughs> i want to ask because we've all been so just negative about avengers all of us except for you mitch i'm so super excited you, for someone who thinks the game's gonna get a 60 on open critic but yeah i mean yeah. like a 60 I, is something that i'm still gonna play the crap out of and have a good time with i just i want to ask a positive question at least one uh, it is cool that all of the post-game characters are going to be are going to be free. I think it's yep. cool that Hawkeye is going to be free when it comes out. Who is your number one most anticipated character that you want to see added in post-game? I mean, the easy the easy answer is Spider-Man. Mm, but yeah, I guess so. if I were to go a little more out of left field, Star Lord, because I feel be like cool. you could get the flight there, which would be interesting if they didn't go with the MCU version and he had things like his elemental weapons that would be pretty cool i also think that we will if not sooner than later we will see captain marvel in this game i think that's a shoe in as well as black panther i think those those two are basically guarantees at this point star lord is me being hopeful because i feel like the comedy there would be fun is cop is cop dog part of the marvel universe the hell is a cop dog you know cop dog i don't know cop dog is that a weird french thing i should be aware of I'll, I'll look it up. All right. We can move on to the next move. Oh, my God. Cool. This looks adorable. I would like Beast in this game. I want, co Honestly, I want Cop Dog. 
I, I want them to like throw Wolverine or someone Aaron's like, oh, they're going all the way. Like they're getting the Fox yeah. characters, they're getting Sony characters. It does not matter. Just put them in this game. That would be that's, awesome. That's why I said Beast. Give me Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange would Give be dope. me Wolverine to run around and stab things with. We're running really long here. Let's move on to its raining deals. This week, it wasn't Mitch who put any deals in. It was me. So uh, let's talk about the Xbox Live free games first. Uh, on Xbox Live, uh, for the entire month, Portal Knights is going to be available for August. Um, and I think that's an Xbox One game. And then uh, for Xbox One as well, Override Mech City Brawl will be available in the latter half of the month. And then MX Unleashed um, is going to be... Is that an Xbox, regular Xbox game? But it will be available uh, for the first part of the month, followed by Red Faction 2 for the second part of the month. Um, what do you guys think about this mix for Games with Gold? It's just kind of not... There's nothing We're, really that stands out. I, I feel like Portal Knights is one of those games that I, we got on PlayStation Plus a really long time mm -hmm. ago, and it's just sat in my hard drive, and I've been like... Eh, not today. Another day. It, yeah. it. Sorry. It's also interesting to see how like any it, like anything on Xbox that I would probably want to come to uh, games with gold or like a PlayStation Plus or something like that is just going to be on Game Pass anyway. So I'm like less excited about. Yeah, okay. games with gold kind of lost its lost its punch after Game Pass came out. Okay, that's fair. Uh, for PS Plus, though, I think this is a really interesting month for PS Plus. Uh, I guess it's headlined by uh, Modern, Warfare, Modern Warfare 2 being available, uh, which is just a campaign mode, no uh, multiplayer. But that's one hell of a campaign, yes. um, which is really good. But then I think this is probably the biggest PS Plus game that we've had. Sorry, I Modern Warfare 2 is the one with no Russian, right? Yes, yes. no, yes, no okay. Russian. Yep. Thank you. Um, Carry on. Probably the biggest PS Plus game because it's debuting and we haven't had that happen forever. I want to say since Rocket League. I could be wrong. Um, but the game Fall Guys is coming. Now, are you guys familiar with Fall Guys? Yeah, it's a sequel to Autumn Guys. Wait, wouldn't they be the wouldn't same? It be Summer. The, wouldn't it be the sequel to Summer Guys? Yeah, Summer Guys. Yeah, actually, it would have made more sense. It's the remake of Autumn Guys is what there I should have said. Go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, this is this one went kind of viral over the weekend with their betas. It just seems like a very, it's like a platformer battle royale. Yes, um, I actually I'm got in. a chance. I got a chance to play the beta over the weekend. Uh, I got a uh, got a code um, from Kyle, which was very nice of him in the NYC um, kind of funny crew uh, or KF uh, NYC. Anyways, um, I had a chance to play it. I probably put like three or four hours into the game, and it was a hoot the entire time. I actually won two of the match, uh, two of the shows. So if you guys remember, like the game, um, do you remember the show MXC? Or I guess like Wipeout would be if it's a most extreme now. elimination challenge. I remember most extreme elimination challenge. Yeah, yeah. back in the G four days, right? Ninja Warrior. This is that, um, but with these really cute creatures that you've got to run around with, and your goal is so they'll do five rounds, and each round they eliminate uh, people out of the um, running till it's just down to like the final nine usually. Where it puts you like finally it's the last chance for everybody to or for the one person to win. So it's just a really interesting mix. I had tons and tons of fun playing it. I was screaming at the screen um, at some points. Um, 
it, it's just it's a really we, good game some of it comes down to teamwork they'll turn you into teams and if your team wins uh you'll move on if not your team doesn't win you're eliminated so that can be a little bit frustrating from time to time because it's not just you it's you could be eliminated because other people are dummies we 100 percent have to stream us playing this yes it's going to be really it's, good and it's free on it's, ps plus so i think we're all going to have it I, i'm going to say this is going to make it for a very interesting companion piece alongside marvel's avengers in august I am very much looking forward to comparing these two games. Uh, I don't know there's going to be much of a comparison there, Cozy. They're very different experiences. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. There's God online damn. components to them. I think it's really interesting that the two, kind of the two biggest games from the Devolver Digital Showcase have both now become free on separate services. I think that's really interesting that Devolver Digital has been, you know, just kind of, they've been putting their games in interesting places. Um, yeah, no, uh, 100%. Uh, this was a game I was going to buy after playing the beta. Like, this is like... I was like, hands down, I'm going to buy this. I mean, this and then is the kind of they, game that, like, this kind of game needs a lot of people playing yeah, it to be 100%. successful. So it absolutely makes sense for them to go either a free-to-play model or this model of making it available on a service. Are we there going to the be success micro? Rock. I was going to ask, are there going to be microtransactions in I it? Wouldn't there will be. Think, you think? Okay. Yeah, 100%. If they're putting this for free, um, in the but beta, it's not, there's... it's PlayStation Plus, though, right? So it's not that it's a free game. It's just... Free it's for a month, free right? with PlayStation Plus. Yeah, but Rocket like, League was Rocket, free. Yeah, for PlayStation some... Plus, and then it had microtransactions. It, so, yeah, there but... is a store in the game. Okay, that says coming soon. I love now, shop. Okay, there's there's a bit of in-game currency you can unlock because like when you win, you get crowns. Um, and there's also I could what I see happening is a battle pass type situation because there's lots of costumes you can unlock. That'd be cool for like customizing yourself. So they're probably maybe not microtransactions isn't the right word, but they might let you buy currency. But I think more likely the case they'll let you buy the battle passes, or because okay. they've got a, se a season pass in it. So I could see something uh, more like that. But this is probably going to be the funnest game I've played in a long, long time for just pure. It, it's, fun. Sorry, it's it's hard though to think of them going the battle pass route because it's not a free-to-play game right we see that for the most part in those free free-to-play battle royale experiences but not a game of this variety so it'll be interesting it, to see what approach they take everybody's adding it though like call of duty has a paid battle pass doesn't it yeah but warzone's free oh that's true um all right i don't know uh, crash team racing added one yeah that's but true. that's activision needing money for no reason so I'm curious to see more about it. Uh, we'll hopefully, fingers crossed, be pl well, we will be playing it August 4th. Um, I'm going to have a few days before I have to go up to the cottage uh, with it, and then I'm not going to be able to play it for like a week and a bit uh, while I'm up uh, vacation at the cottage. So I'm curious to see how good people are by the time I get back and if that experience is ruined because everybody's gotten too good at it. Just take so. the PlayStation with you. It's no big deal. Uh, my dad said no. I already told him I was pretty. He's like, you're not bringing the PlayStation. Uh, remote play from your Vita. Uh, yeah, I could try that and see how that works. I tried to remote play down to my PC today to play uh, Demon's Tilt for review, and uh, that uh, pinball game remote play did not work super well, uh, just for downstairs. So let's get into Video Game Rehab. Now, this week, yes. uh, this week on Video Game Rehab, we're going to do video channel rehab or TV channel rehab as G4... Uh, TV or tech TV is coming back as we've gotten a teaser trailer saying 2021. So we thought this would be an opportune time to talk about what that looks like in the year 2021 and what it was. So I'm not as familiar with G4 uh, tech TV. So 
can one of you guys go over and just kind of give me the what's what was it? So I, I'm aware of a few of the personalities and stuff, but let's talk about what it was a little bit more. So G4 or G4 Tech TV, as we had it in Canada, was a specialty cable network that focused on video game content, at least in their primetime slots. You had shows like Attack of the Show, which focused on uh, nerd culture, content, tech, like they did tech reviews and things like that. You had X-Play, which focused on games, had game reviews. You had some Canadian content in Victor Lucas's Electric Playground and reviews on the run which were great. And outside of that, you got a lot of Star Wars marathons and cop reruns. And yeah. uh, what else did we have on G4? It you was X-Play uh, and Attack of the Show. I said that already. I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> now whose head's in the clouds? Um, quick question to help I'm further. So sorry. Yeah, sorry. Right. Go ahead, uh, quick question to help further like illustrate what kind of content they had to offer. What show would you say that they had to offer that was most like for example, what I write for gamers or like other video essayists. Uh, okay, so they they had they had a early on in like the early two thousands they had a, a, a numerous amount of like other video game related shows um, and, and other tech related shows like you've got Leo Laporte's uh, Call for Help um, things like that. You have they had a show called Arena where you know if you remember as a kid here in Canada Video and Arcade Top Ten where they bring uh, kids up on up to a, to a TV studio and they'd play video games and compete against each other and win prizes and stuff. It was like that, but for like quote unquote grownups, um, there was, uh, shows like, uh, cinema tech, um, which basically showcased, um, the cinematics of video games and the artistic vision, uh, uh, movie like quality. A lot of it was metal gear. Let's be real. Um, the, you know, the, and then there were other shows like, cheat where um they would go through some tips and tricks and like early on when you had cheat codes in the in video games there would be um you know they they would actually give you the cheat codes like you would look look up in the back of a, a game magazine or something like that okay, okay. so okay. in 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 term no in in terms of like documentary style like content or whatever and there, there didn't seem to be too much of that because um, it was mostly uh, like it, it was mostly uh, to the minute, um, you know, news related stuff. So, OK, and I was asking that because over the years, I've gotten a lot of uh, praises from people who are fans of the gamers YouTube channel say, oh, man, it's just like watching G4 back in the day. And admittedly, I don't have a ton of experience with GeForce content. In fact, I'd say most of my knowledge base of G4 comes from a lot of the retrospective articles that have been written about its demise in the years following its demise, or like Adam Sussler talking about it on the comedy button, for example. Mm -hmm. So this is very informative. Yeah, there, there was some essay style content as part of X-Play. Like they did focus a lot on news and reviews, but they did have like essay, like video essay style stuff similar to what you do for gamers not as long form but it was yeah, still it was good, good it was stuff. definitely made for tv and commercial break stuff yeah um, the, the the thing i remember most fondly of g4 uh that it's where i consumed all the e3 press conferences i didn't yeah. go to ign for that stuff i flipped to channel 515 on my bell express view and just sat there for like three days straight just consuming all of this content and that that week every year was so great because you'd have 
the attack of the show and X play crew. Uh, so, uh, Adam Sessler, Morgan Webb, Kevin Pereira, Olivia Munn all go down and, and do their pre-show post-show stuff. Watch the conferences. You'd have the reviews on the run crew. You'd have our Canadian contingent. You'd have guys like Victor Lucas, Scott C. Jones, um, Steve Tilly, Tommy Tellerico, Tommy Tellerico way back in the day. Oh yeah. Uh, they'd go down and they, I, I was thinking more in like the later years, like reviews on the run would do a daily show from the E3 floor. And they talk mm -hmm. about all the stuff they play. They do their best to be three awards. It was a lot of fun. I remember, and, um, sorry, just really quick. No, there was one big blunder that they did, uh, during E3. Uh, it was 2007. And I remember I was at my friend Kenny's place, uh, watching. Oh, is this the halo thing? Yeah. It's the halo thing. They cut to a commercial break in the middle of debuting exclusively the halo trailer, halo three <laughs> trailer. Oof. Yeah. It, oh my god i was so angry um but like yeah it, you know it's since come out that basically they kind of had their hands tied in that situation that everybody there who really cared about the content of g4 didn't want that to happen yeah no it, it, it all came from you know the 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 people up above uh who are... tv channels need their ad breaks right yeah but yeah, no, but I mean, there were a lot of occasions where in, in the later years, at least, they covered the press conferences without ad breaks. They kind of learned their lesson from the Halo thing. And it's it's something I miss because I really enjoyed that content. That being said, the landscape of video game content production, whether it be on a, from a news perspective, a commentary perspective, a reviews perspective, it has changed drastically. Yeah. over the years and it's part of the reason i think why g g4 in its first iteration ultimately failed is that they didn't modernize when everyone around them was moving they were kind of sticking their feet in the mud saying no you want four hours of cops back to back on a saturday afternoon right yeah. and that wasn't what people wanted and now we nobody saw what happened that. with well yeah because cops finally got canceled but that's not the point like the thing is like though i think a lot of the personalities that like sort of got big because of g4 they kind of i mean they all left that's one of the biggest things that mm -hmm. caused it to to fail like i know um a lot of the well, people they didn't who... leave the shows got canceled for the most part. well uh, the last, a lot of them the last left few months it was just reruns of well, old shows a lot of them left. so a lot of them left like olivia munn left and then they uh rebooted not rebooted they they continued attack of the show with new per new personalities but kevin Pereira was still there and then eventually Kevin Pereira left and he, you know, you know, it was still the show, but it wasn't the same without Kevin Pereira. Right. Mm -hmm. um, X-Play, you know, Blair Herder is is great. But it, if you don't have X-Play with like, uh, like, you know, I'll be interested Sessler to see how they reboot it. If you don't have Adam Sessler or Morgan Webb, it was kind of not the same thing. They're, 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 they had the, the spark that yeah. I think made it. Well, the other thing, yeah. too, is, like, what... I mean, we can get into this if we want to get into it now, Nathan, not to steal your thunder, but, like, what does G4 look like in 2021? It can't be a cable news net... Or a cable-paid network anymore. The only paid cable network that succeeds is HBO, so... No, and I don't what's think... What's it going to be? Uh, and actually, the timing was right up, because I was going to bring that up, and... Sorry, Alex, go ahead. Oh, I was... So my, my thought about what it's going to be is... I think in a lot of ways, this is going to feel similar to the revival of Inside Gaming 
uh, from with Rooster Teeth, mm-hmm. except you're going to be missing all of the thing, all of the people that brought G4 to life in the first place. Like, I think this is, I just, I don't understand what their thought process is going to be. Cause one of the really cool things when inside gaming um, came back from the dead was all the people who used to work at inside gaming were at Funhouse, and Funhouse was the the property that, or like they basically became. It basically was an actual revival. Where this is just like, I mean, there's like the the there's the petition on Twitter, like the petition to get um Xavier Woods to be on G four, which would be like, awesome. Yeah, like that's awesome. But also, I'm I'm kind of wondering like why does he want to be on it so badly? Besides the fact that it's G four, like it's I feel like he's got kind of. I mean, he's got his own thing that, like, he's built up by himself. So why does it matter that it needs to be G4? So I, I just – I don't see how this is going to work. So I think it's more coverage. So here's – I'm much more optimistic on this. Now, in terms of personalities, Adam Sessler, last time I heard from him, was working for the I, the company that made Friday the 13th and – um, oh, recently, um, he, Predator, right? He does. He oh. does. Uh, he does Il- some Il-phonic. consulting stuff. I don't stuff. think he's there Il-phonic, anymore. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. He does. Yeah, he he w- does some consulting stuff. I know he goes on a lot of. Uh, un- unfortunately, I see him go on a lot of uh, Twitter tirades. Um, he he. While he is, he is on the right side of history, he does seem to pick fights in a way that is uh, kind of sketchy, in my opinion. So okay. he's you know he's. Yeah, he. he I don't know. <laughs> so Victor, uh, I don't know what Morgan Webb's up to nowadays, um, but Victor Lucas um, is still running Electric Playground as a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, he is. We actually met him. Uh, he was his well, content is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. We should get at, him on um, the podcast at a Cineplex. I'd love to. Before those uh, stop becoming a thing, I remember specifically last year around the holiday times, he was like. They were showing, like, in the pre-show, they were showing ads, like, with him, like, going to Nintendo, like, a Nintendo, like, event, and, like, asking people about, like, Mario Maker and, like, what they would what they would get for a Switch. So, he's, like, still doing stuff. He's been looking for a partner for to, ke- to keep Electric Playground going. So, I could see a definite position where he could be brought back to G4 with Electric Playground as he's continued to keep that as a YouTube channel running. Yeah. Um, and have some of his content on there. Um, and Morgan Webb, so. Uh, so Private Jeebus in the chat is now saying that she's on the development side. She definitely retweeted it, uh, the fact yeah. that G4 is going live. Um, all all and, four of their main hosts did, right? We saw yeah. something from Kevin Pereira and Olivia Munn as well. Yeah. The, their, twi- their tweets didn't seem like, it, it seemed like it was kind of a surprise to them, though. Am I wrong about that? That one from Morgan Webb was pretty tongue-in-cheek of, oh, I guess someone remembered the Twitter password. Yeah, yeah. I have so that I, one pulled up right here. I, th- yeah. I think some of it... they So, as far as we know, Blair Herder is working for Comcast. Comcast is the one reviving G4, and he is going to be doing an AMA this week. So we will learn more about what G4 is going to be. Okay. But the fact that Blair Herder is involved with it, you know he must yeah. have... Under NDA, let the previous host know, yes, this is coming. If you want to coordinate some social push on it, great. If you want to come back for guest spots, we'd love to have you. He's married to Chobot, right? Yeah, Jessica Chobot. He is married to Jessica Chobot. Okay. Well, there's a new host too. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. But do we think it's going to come back? Like, is it going to be appointment viewing on Twitch? Is it going to be 
a YouTube channel? Is it going to be yeah. part of okay. NBC Universal's Peacock since they own Comcast Who, now? Like, what's it going to be? I, I don't think it's so, a YouTube channel. So yeah, me too. Kevin Pereira um, tried to recreate the magic of Attack of the Show uh, on Twitch with something called The Attack, right? Um, and he's actually at Attack on Twitter. Um, he... <laughs> he actually got busted for trying to use like follower bots or something like that to try and like boost the view count and have a stand a chance to get on the front page and ended up getting the whole thing taken down. Oh, um, and burn. yeah. And then I know um, also uh, in, in light of some of the, um, the recent um, out, I'm a, uh, outcry is the wrong word the recent uh, upcoming of some of the me too stuff well he wasn't explicitly called out as a perpetrator he was complicit in a lot of um some behind the scenes um ubisoft like stuff um oh. yeah where mm. he just tried to get both sides of the scenario and whatnot instead of you know nipping bad things in the butt but so so i don't know exactly what his involvement will be but you know and you know so, then you have so, uh, other other people like chris hardwick who um yes. was taken down by um uh his ex um in in a me too like fashion um rightly so um yeah the the one thing i remember fondly from the old g4 is it was really the first time i remember seeing women interested in video games from Olivia Munn, Morgan Webb, Allison Hayslip, Marissa and like Roberto, legitimately who, who who worked with Victor Lucas on reviews yeah. on the run now does the uh the sports digital sports center for TSN on Instagram and is doing amazing things and it I I can see this as a good opportunity for Comcast to use it as a platform to promote lesser known voices in the industry which yeah. would be great so more women more more persons of color like Xavier Woods making his push to be so, okay. involved in some fashion I would I think that'd be great so I, I if I'm not mistaken I think Comcast owns two um esports teams uh, they own a yeah like over an overwatch league team or something like that uh the guy who's running g4 as it comes back is the president of the overwatch league's Philadelphia fusion I think mm -hmm. it was yeah um so yeah they're definitely involved in esports so that would be a good avenue to bring more esports content to whatever platform g4 ends up settling on and yeah and i mean i'm sure all all the people uh, who watch espn are fed up with having video games on their sports channel too so having a, a place I, for that maybe i don't know so i mean it was probably good when there wasn't sports to watch yeah say. that's true so it looks like it's going to give us um like potentially a spot for esports to be um, we talked about where it makes sense, um, and I think we all pretty much agree that like a Twitch slash YouTube type setup for it with maybe stuff going on to Peacock after it airs is probably kind of the right setup for it. Now, with this type of show, you would all pre-produce it and then have it just debut at certain times? Like, you do have... It's not like the most overly produced things, but you do have stuff like kind of funny that does do live content, you know, when they used to, when they could be in a studio. And I think yeah. you could potentially do it live. Um, and like, they'll have like a more of a budget behind it compared to kind of funny. Um, though kind of funny is pretty successful. You know, they're still, kinda, yeah, but they don't have Comcast still, money. 
Yeah, they don't have Comcast money. So it's like, I think you could, like, do something really interesting live, or you could. I feel like you could swing it either way and be justified in whatever decision. Does does X-Play come back as basically kind of funny games daily, but with, like, a more, more professional cuts and breaks and, like, and here's our review of this, and then they cut to a video, and then they come back, and everybody's, like, on on their mark, ready to go, and it's just a little more tightened up and stuff in, in that or do do they try and do something different i don't know I, I i'd like work. it if they tried to do something a little bit more professional i feel mm-hmm. like there's there's kind of a dearth of content right now in the gamosphere that is of that nature yeah. imo unless you guys have anything that else comes to mind and i feel like you know if they can really pull this off it will the rising tide will raise all boats it will set a new kind of quality of standard for what video game content can be on the internet and even if you know, other shows can't be li- uh, can't be pre-recorded and pre-edited like they are. I think you'll definitely see other uh, content creators following their example. And you know, who knows? Maybe across the industry, the quality of what we're producing will improve everywhere. So I hate oh, uh, very just yep. one. I hate to be just so negative about it, but I sure. really feel like they're gonna just kind of be copycatting everything that they've been seeing like it just that's what this kind of feels like this feels very like this feels very just kind of like forcing nostalgia down your throat kind of yeah they're taking Mm. they're taking a name that everyone recognize well people in the gaming community recognize and just frankenstein magicking it back to life to try and get like try to be like me too me too and that just that's just that's the vibes that I'm getting from this. I know we literally don't know anything. We've only seen one sort of like pre-rendered trailer thing for it, but I just I don't have faith in this. But hmm. the bigger question is, who do we have to reach out to to get the eight o'clock Wednesday night spot on this new G4? Because yeah. I think I think we're producing great A content that would be great for anyone who's out there trying to consume this new G4. I, I agree. Was gonna we say, should tweet at them. Oh, bring yeah, on sure. bring on Press YZ. Also bring on gamers. I'll be, register under two different names. I'll be Cozy Bear on this show, and I'll be Alexander Casino on Gamers. I'll get two salaries. It'll be great. I hate to break it to you guys, but I think I've burned all the bridges with them. Uh, so, by the oh, way, no. this is Alex's last podcast. Yeah, uh, it was nice being on. You know, nice being back for one more. But, I mean, seriously, content like this, weekly weekly content would work for them. Live content could work. Reviews content. like with, Yeah. There, there's... There's not necessarily a space for it because there's a lot of content already out there, but I'm happy to see someone else try. I, I have, wouldn't. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I have found myself like recently, even before this, you know, announcement, just stumbling across like on YouTube, you can find full episodes uh, of like past episodes of X play and attack of the show. And like, like the really old ones too. And it's like, there's a, there, there's something comforting it, it's very good comfort food to just it's very good background noise and it's it's you know it's 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 hard to I- express the nostalgia that i feel for it it's it's very comforting so i i think it's really interesting i'm more curious too what the personalities will look like like if they don't get back their old personalities which let's be honest a lot of them have moved on and may not may do cameo appearances but may not want to um like to commit, commit to that full time. 
Yeah, full time. Obviously, they'll want to bring in some new blood and try and bring some less known voices, but they're going to want to bring some heavier hitters too. And I think Xavier Woods is probably one of those people that they'll want to bring on. Um, but who are other people, like one person in the industry who you think could be a good fit? Uh, he has to show up for one episode and he has yeah. to be clean shaven. Oh, yeah, this dear. could be. This could be like their opportunity to like not like get some one personality to be permanent, but really try to like because they could really leverage the fact that like there are so many different outlets that have, you know, well-known personalities that they could just kind of try to reach out and try to pull everyone in and just kind of uh, interchange them and like do like guest appearances for so many different people. Mm -hmm. And that's honestly what I'm thinking that they're going to do is they'll probably have like a personality it might even be somebody who it's like is maybe small but like is known and then kind of like level them up yeah. and then kind of get like a rotating uh yes uh appearances yeah, yeah. i mean you could you could start w with the heavy hitters like a greg miller or, or an andrea yeah. renee or andrea renee yeah. jeff gersman from giant bomb he actually um so x play actually used to be called um uh ZD TV and then uh, what or that was G4 in general or tech TV in general but uh, eventually like X play was like GameSpot TV and so he worked at GameSpot at the time and then it eventually got sold and whatever split off and became extended play and then condensed to X but it was a whole thing yeah oh god gamer Adam in the in the chat just uh, said dr. disrespect no, he shouldn't be doing content anywhere. <laughs> I've, uh -huh. I, my, my pick to try to revive some of this stuff, and I've said this multiple times on the show because I think she's doing great work right now, and that is Marissa Roberto. I think she would be yeah. great in there. She's done a lot of esports hosting. She's doing a great job hosting Digital Sports Center, and I think it brings a level of familiarity, at least for Canadian viewers, as well as professionalism and understanding of that ecosystem, and mm -hmm. I think she'd be a great pick. Also she's at EGLX. She was. I didn't yeah. get a chance to to introduce myself, but I should have. And yeah, no, not, not this year. year. Um, I like year. the idea. I, I like the general sentiment of like choosing people who are qualified and you know worthy of appearing on a, a scripted, televised, edited thing like G four, but who aren't necessarily the most popular or well known people in the world. And yep. then you know slowly building up them up and as Alex said, allowing them to kind of level up over the years. Uh, to go back to Greg Miller, he's talked many times about how, you know, when he was brought onto IGN, he was qualified for the job, but he wasn't like this brilliant podcaster. But, you know, he was able to slowly level up in a similar fashion. And, you know, look at that man now. Yes. Look at us now. Look I, at us now. I heard he's taking pictures of shirtless Spider-Man and now shirtless Miles Morales, Miles Morales as well. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. I got to say, Miles Mor shirtless Miles Morales makes me feel something. He's very... <laughs> He's very well endowed. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap up from that, Nathan. Um, so she, I feel like we, I, I feel know. like the short shows uh, run to a nice girthy size, and uh, it's probably time to uh, put a pin in it. And uh, so don't now. put a pin in that. We'll let it blast yeah. off. Fun fact: When Adam Sessler coined the term G four, the G standed for girthy. Oh, oh. I did not know that. The girthy four. So we're the G five. As oh, okay. we as we get girthier, um, we'll level up as well. I w I enjoy continuing to level up with y'all. So oh, me too. Um, we should really try and get Victor Lucas on the show. Um, I would absolutely kill to have him on this show. I've got a picture with him. Maybe I can share that picture and say, "Hey, want to be on our podcast?" My only interaction with him was, "Holy shit, you're Victor Lucas." <laughs> so yeah. So uh, yeah. 
Maybe you can sit that episode out. Probably good call. Good call. <laughs> I'd rather enjoy it as a fan. So, uh, but anyways, uh, let's uh, wrap everything up because uh, I think uh, we've come up with some good ideas on how to fix G4. And now they just need to employ us and give us the Wednesday night slot at 8 o'clock. So, yeah, Wednesday's like ADST. Seems I think like so. a fair deal. Um, Blair, so, just, you got my number, right? Just call. We'll, we'll talk. Come on. We can do it. Alex, where can people find you? You can find me at blatantly Alex on Twitter, blatantly underscore Alex on Twitter, blatantly Alex on Instagram. I forgot my handles. Uh, blatantly Alex on Twitter is taken. It's suspended. Uh, and I'm very sad about that. Uh, YouTube, blatantly Alex. It's kind of, you know, you put those two words together in some form, you'll find me. All right. Cozy? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Alex Gazina. You can also find me on Twitch at Cozy Bear. Sorry, not at Cozy Bear Live, but twitch.tv slash Cozy Bear Live. Uh, tonight, however, I'm actually not going to be streaming anything from it. And the reason being that I'm currently hard at work on a new video game in core. Uh, this is my follow-up to Planet of the Toilet Toads, which you might remember from a few, couple of months ago. Uh, but this is going to be much different in tone and scope. So look forward to hearing more about that in the future. Have you considered streaming some of your builds at some point? Like like uh, actually your, your the process, thing, making them? The thing is, is that the scope of what I'm currently making is it's kind of small so like I, I could stream what i'm currently doing but there wouldn't be much to show and then it'd be like all right i showed what i need to show it's back to working on it mm. so ma maybe as i you know improve as a creator in the future i'll start streaming just me making the games but yeah i wasn't really up to it tonight all right aj fair enough uh yeah you can find me all over the internet at times hero capital t capital h that's twitter instagram wherever you Put that in, then I'll probably show up. Uh, Mitch, I had heard rumors that you're planning on changing your handles to the girthy one. Is there cr anything correct no. about that? That is 100% false. You can find me everywhere at Mr. Mitch George. And right now I have a tweet out, which will no longer be a poll by the time this goes up, about if you put ketchup on your mac and cheese. It is probably the most engaged with tweet I've ever put out. And I'm on the wrong side of history, and it sucks. You are all <laughs> At wrong. least you admit it. <laughs> Oh, I love the fact that you're wrong because you are so wrong. <laughs> no, ketchup <laughs> goes ketchup on craft dinner. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, sorry, only boxed mac and cheese. You're working on a review right now too? Uh, yeah, I got one going now. Uh, I, I finished another one. I didn't talk about the game uh, that should go up shortly, and I'm working on one right now for ps4blog.net. So we'll more to talk next week about that. And finally, I'm going to wrap up and say goodbye to y'all. Uh, you can follow me at the underscore MMAC at Twitter and check out my stuff on uh, ps4blog.net as well, um, where my Carrion and Destroy All Humans reviews have gone live, as well as I'll have a review for Demon's Tilt, a new pinball game coming soon, and I'll talk about that next week on the show. I just started playing it right before the show. So uh, everybody, have a great night, and thanks for playing. Take care, guys.